You ask, what does it mean to fail in this pursuit? What does failure look like on this path? Life answers, it is only a question of incompletion. The human animal who cannot complete their journey for some reason might be seen as having failed to reach a certain kind of destination. Such failure is only temporary, for there can be no defeat along the way. This battle is always won, for it is a battle between the experientially true and the experientially false. And for the most part, the experientially false has no chance other than on social media. You ask, who or what fails, the human animal or the self? Life answers, there is no question of failure, neither in the short run nor in the long. It is like traveling a long and arduous road in an unknown country. Of all the innumerable steps, there is only the last which brings us to our destination. Yet we should not consider all previous steps as failures. Each brought us nearer to our goal, even when we had to turn back to bypass an obstacle. In reality, each step brings us to our goal, because to be always on the move, learning, discovering, unfolding, is our eternal destiny. Living is life's only purpose. The self does not identify itself with success or failure. The very idea of becoming this or that is unthinkable. The self understands that success and failure are relative and related, that they are the very warp and weft of life. So we learn from both and go beyond both. If we have not learned, we repeat. If the noise of the plane flying overhead is still irritating us and we are finding ourselves drawn away from reading, we come back, we repeat, we focus, we refocus. You ask, what am I to learn? Life answers, to live without self-concern. For this we must know our own true being as indomitable, fearless, and in its own way, victorious. Think of the earth, indomitable, fearless, and in its own way, victorious. Once we know with absolute certainty that nothing can trouble us but our own imagination, we come to disregard our desires and fears, concepts and ideas, and live by truth alone. You say, what may be the reason that some people succeed and others fail on the spiritual path? Is it destiny or character or just accident? Life answers, nobody ever fails on a spiritual path. It is all a matter of the rate of progress. It is slow in the beginning and rapid in the end. When one is fully matured, realization is explosive. It takes place spontaneously or at the slightest hint, the quick is not better than the slow. Slow ripening and rapid flowing alternate. Both are natural and right. Yet, all this is so in the mind only. As I see it, there is really nothing of the kind. In the great mirror of consciousness, images arise and disappear, and only memory gives them continuity. And memory is material lodged in the left hemisphere of the brain, destructible, perishable, transient. On such flimsy foundations, we build a sense of personal existence, vague, intermittent, dreamlike. This vague persuasion, I am so and so, I am this, I am that, obscures the changeless state of pure awareness and makes us believe that we are born to suffer and to die 
but it is the I am this and I am that. The I am so and so. I do this, I do that, I'm this kind of person, I'm that kind of person, I'm not this sort of person, I'm not the person who does this sort of thing, I'm not the person who would ever do that sort of thing. That's the part of us that uh, makes us believe that we are born to suffer and to die. You say, just as a child cannot help growing, so does a human animal, compelled by nature, make progress. Why exert oneself? Where is the need of spiritual practice, if this is the case? Life answers, True, there is progress all the time. Everything contributes to progress. But this is the progress of self-ignorance. The circles of self-ignorance may be ever-widening, yet it remains a bondage all the same. In due course, something or someone appears to teach us and inspire us to practice in this way, or certainly in another way, and a ripening takes place as a result of which the immemorial night of ignorance dissolves before the rising sun of wisdom. The immemorial night of ignorance dissolves before the rising sun of wisdom. But in reality, nothing happens. The sun is always there. There is no night to it. The mind blinded by I am this body, I am this mind, ideas and spins. Let me read that again. The sun is always there. There is no night to it. The mind is blinded by the I am body, I am mind idea and spins out endlessly its thread of illusion. But then the sun appears once more. You say, if all is part of a natural process, where is the need of effort? Life answers, even effort is a part of this natural process. When ignorance becomes obstinate and hard and our character gets perverted, effort and the pain of making that effort become inevitable. In complete obedience to nature, there is no effort. The seed of spiritual life grows in silence and, and in darkness until its appointed hour. You say, we come across some great people who in their old age become sort of childish, petty, quarrelsome and spiteful. I have a father like that. How can they deteriorate so much? Or maybe they were always that way. Life answers, who knows? One must not draw conclusions without understanding all the factors. Above all, one must not make judgments of inferiority or superiority. Youthfulness is more a matter of vitality than of wisdom. You say, one may get old, but why should one lose all of, all of our alertness and discrimination? Life answers, consciousness and unconsciousness while in the body depend on the condition of the brain. But the self is beyond both beyond the brain, beyond the mind, the fault of the instrument is no reflection on its user. You say, I was told that a spiritually wise human animal will never do anything unseemly. They will always behave in a, in a sort of exemplary way. Life answers, who sets this example? Why should a liberated human animal necessarily follow conventions? necessarily follow examples. The moment they become totally predictable, they cannot surely be free. Surely their freedom lies in their being free to fulfill the need of the moment, to obey the necessity of the situation. Freedom to do what one likes is only another form of bondage, while being free to do what one must, what is right, is real freedom. You say, Still, there must be some way of making out who has reached this level of spiritual excellence and who has not. If one is indistinguishable from the other, of what use are they? Life answers, the human animal who knows themselves fully doesn't doubt this, nor do they care whether others recognize their state or not. 
Rare is the wise person who discloses their wisdom, and fortunate are those who spend time with them. You say, when one looks around, one is appalled by the volume of unnecessary suffering that is going on. People who should be helped are not getting help. We all now imagine these big hospital wards full of incurables from our current plague, tossing and moaning. Were you given the authority to kill them all and end their torture, would you not do so? Life answers, I would leave it to them to decide. You say, but if their destiny is to suffer, how can you interfere with destiny? Life answers, their destiny is what happens. Their destiny is what happens, that is all. There is no thwarting of destiny. You mean to say everybody's life is totally determined at their birth? What a strange idea, but maybe it is. Their destiny is what happens. If so, if we believe that our lives are to totally determined at birth though, the power that determines this, if it had a human animal consciousness, a human animal God, shall we say, would see to it that nobody should suffer. But destiny is what happens. You say, what about cause and effect? Life answers, each moment contains the whole of the past and creates the whole of the future. You say, but the past and future? I, I don't know, I mean, I thought we, we decided that these didn't exist. Life answers, they do exist in the mind only. Time is in the mind, space is in the mind. The law of cause and effect is also a way of thinking. In reality, all is here and now, and all is one. Multiplicity and diversity are in the mind only. You say, still, you seem to be in favour of relieving suffering, even through destruction of an incurably diseased body. Life answers, again, you seem to be looking at this from the outside, while I'm looking at it just, just from within. I do not see a sufferer. I am the sufferer. I know them from within and do what is right spontaneously and effortlessly. I follow no rules, nor do I lay down rules. I just flow with life, faithfully, irresistibly. You say, Still, you seem to be a very practical individual in full control of your immediate surroundings. Life answers, well, what else do you expect me to be, a misfit? You say, yet, yet what help can you give? Life answers, I don't know, but, but I feel I can help. You too can help, everybody can help. But suffering is all the time recreated. Our challenge is to find ways to destroy in ourselves the root of suffering, not the pain itself, but its suffering roots. Others can only help with the pain and suffering, but not with its cause, which is the abysmal stupidity of the human mind. You say, will the stupidity ever come to an end? Life answers, mm, in the human animal, of course, any moment in humanity, as we know it, after very many years, stupidity will be erased, perhaps erased by its own stupid self-serving actions, as we're seeing now in these human animal end times of plague and climate crises. In creation though, never, for creation itself, life itself is rooted in ignorance. Matter itself is ignorance, not to know and not to, not to know and not to know that one does not know well, that's the cause of endless suffering. You say, we are told of the great avatars, the saviors of the world. Life answers, did they save? They have come and gone, and the world plods on. Of course, they did a lot and opened new dimensions in the human mind, Jesus, Buddha, all of them, but to talk of saving the world, I think is a little bit of an exaggeration. You say, is there no salvation for the world? Life answers, which world do you want to save? The world of your own projection? Save it yourself. My world? 
Show me my world and I shall deal with it. I am not aware of any world separate from myself, which I am free to save or not to save. What business have you with saving the world when all the world needs is to be saved from you? You. Get out of the picture and see where there is anything left to save. You say, you seem to stress the point that without us, our world would not have existed, and therefore the only thing we can do for it is to wind up the show, accept our ever imminent extinction, etc., etc. This is not the way out, surely. Even if the world were of my own creation, this knowledge does not save it. It only explains it. The question remains, why did we create such a wretched, conflicted world, and what can we do to change it? You seem to say, forget it all and admire your own glorious awareness of being here, of consciousness itself. Surely you don't mean this. The description of a disease and its causes does not cure it. What we need right now is some kind of medicine. Life answers, the description and causation are the remedy for a disease caused by obtuseness and stupidity. Just like a deficiency disease is cured through the supply of the missing factor, so are the diseases of the living cured by a good dose of, I don't know, intelligent attachment, a standing aside from all of our experience and those of the world, and really seeing and understanding what's going on here. You say, you cannot, however, save the world by preaching counsels of perfection, you know, standing aside, detachment, I mean, yada yada. People are as they are. Must they really suffer for being as they are? Life answers, as long as they are as they are, there is no escape from suffering. Remove the sense of separateness from the world and others, and there's no conflict. You say, a message in print may be paper and ink only. It is the text that matters, surely. By analyzing the world into elements and qualities, we miss the most important thing, which is its meaning. Your reduction of everything to, to dream, to, uh, I don't know, to fantasies in the mind, illusions in the mind, disregards the difference between the dream of an insect and the dream of a poet. All is dream, granted, but the dream of a poet is surely, surely not the same thing as the dream of an insect. Life answers, these dreams are not equal, but the dreamer is one. I am the insect, I am the poet, both in dream, but in reality I am neither. I am beyond all dreams, I am the light in which all dreams appear and disappear. I am both inside and outside the dream, just as someone having a headache knows the ache and also knows that they themselves are not the ache. So do I know the dream, myself dreaming and myself not dreaming, all at the same time. I am what I am before, during, and after the dream. But what I see in the dream, the dream of my mind, I am not. You say, it is all a matter of imagination then. One imagines that one is dreaming, another imagines one is not dreaming. Are not both the same? Life answers, the same and not the same. Not dreaming as an interval between two dreams is, of course, a part of dreaming. <laughs> Not dreaming as a steady hold on reality, a timeless abidance in reality, has nothing to do with dreaming. In that sense, I never dream, nor ever shall, for I live in the now. I live in reality. I live in life. You say, if both dream and escape from dream or imaginings, what is the way out? Life answers, there is no need of a way out. Don't you see that a way out is also part of the dream? All you have to do is see the dream as it is. See the dream as the dream. You say, 
If I start the practice of dismissing everything as a dream, where will, where will it lead me? Insanity, surely. Life answers, wherever it leads you will still be a dream. The very idea of going beyond the dream is illusory. Why go anywhere? Just realize that you are dreaming a dream you call the world and stop looking for ways out of it or through it. The dream is not your problem. Your problem is that you like one part of your dream and you don't like another part of your dream. Love all parts of the dream or no, no parts of the dream and stop complaining. <laughs> when you have seen the dream as a dream, you've done all that needs to be done. End of. That's it. You say, is dreaming then caused by thinking? Life answers, everything, everything is a play of ideas, including the sentence. In the state, free from ideation, the forming of ideas, nothing is perceived. The root idea is just, I am, am, am. It shatters the state of pure consciousness and is followed by the innumerable sensations and perceptions, feelings and ideas, which in their total totality constitute life and our world. The I am remains as a witness, but it is by the will of life that everything happens. You say, why by the will of life and not by my will, if, you know, I am the center of all consciousness, etc., etc.? Life answers, again, you have split yourself into life and witness, but both are one. When you have seen the dream as a dream, you have done all that needs to be done. When you've seen the dream as a dream, that's it. You've done all that needs to be done. Happy days.